Today, I'm talking with Dr. Aubrey Wallace. Dr. Wallace is a naturopathic physician and medical intuitive. Uh, we're going to talk about her journey to become a healer, how she found ways that all these interesting things that she loves about um, the body, about biology, about neuroscience, how all that fit together into what she can now offer to her clients. Um, she's a third generation healer. So we'll talk about the lineage of healers that came before her and then really take a deep dive into her work, um, embodied health, body maps, um, live blood analysis, um, and talking about how she downloaded a lot of the information that she is now utilizing or working on from her spirit guides and from channeling. This is a beautiful conversation. We talked about a lot of amazing things that weren't even on topic and I just loved the tangents and how everything manifested and came together. So I really hope you get something out of the conversation. We'll see you on the other side. But first, a message from our sponsor. Our healing journey can be difficult. It might feel lonely at times. That's why I love sound baths. Where we can get together in a community, we intrinsically support and feel supported by others. And that combined energy can help us go deeper into our own healing journeys. And all you have to do is just lay there for one hour and listen to beautiful healing sounds. I'm a sound healing practitioner, and I hold sound baths on a regular basis in the greater Seattle area. You can find my next sound baths on my website at adamrealhealing.com. That's Adam, A-D-A-M, real, R-I-E-H-L, healing, H-E-A-L-I-N-G.com. AdamRealHealing.com. Your healing is worth your time. Anamkara is a gorgeous meditation and healing center offering daily in-person and virtual services to help bring you back to the center of who you truly are. They serve through a collective of practitioners, healers, and teachers offering daily meditation classes, one-on-one healing sessions, workshops, personal ceremonies, and private events, plus corporate and team training all with mindfulness at the core. The center itself is located in the heart of downtown Spokane. Every part of it was built, designed, and curated for you to drop into your calm place. They have a large community space for daily meditation classes and workshops, as well as two one-on-one healing rooms, a community kitchen to gather for tea, plus a well-stocked apothecary for you to gather all of your self-care and ritual needs. Hannah Talbot, the owner and founder of Anamkara, dreamed of opening this space for years. It is her ultimate manifestation, and she cannot wait to share it with those in the Spokane community, but also through the virtual ethers, wherever you may be. Pop in for a class today. You can follow them on Instagram to book and stay up to date. Check out the website, the full schedule, meet the practitioners, and view all the offerings. Visit them at anamkarahealing.center. Anamkara, may you be nourished and ignited. And now an uninterrupted podcast with Dr. Aubrey Wallace. Right, welcome back to the show. Uh, today, I'm talking with Dr. Aubrey Wallace. Uh, Dr. Wallace was introduced to me by a repeat guest and mutual friend, Ms. Hannah Talbot. And so Dr. Wallace is uh, located up in Washington area in the Everett, uh, Everett right? Uh, she's a naturopathic physician, medical intuitive, uh, Reiki master, which is right up my alley. Uh, that's, I think, the one, the one thing that we have mutual in common there. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, bachelor's in cell biology and neuroscience. Like you, so we were talking about... Uh, I, actualization moments before we, we hit record. And one of the things that I love when I look at people and what they do and what they're, they're working on is how all of the weird stuff that seemingly doesn't fit together in anybody else's mind 
fits together in somebody's mind. And that's those actualization moments. We talk about that a lot on the show is, uh, you know, how does all the weird shit that we love manifest itself into a presentable package to humanity? And in my opinion, that's a lot of the reason why we're here is to figure out why in my, in my case, why music, why sound healing, why energy work, why reading about shit that I can barely understand the words <laughs> to all that stuff, like mixes together to create some kind of modality that I can offer to my clients. And mm. then they receive the he- the help that they need on their personal healing journey. Yes. Right. So I've said this before, I am not a healer. I'm there to help people heal. Like you're your own healer. Like I'll hold your hand. I'll give you the tools. Right. But it's yeah. your, your bricks to move your wall to, to take down. Right. Yes. And so I think, you know, with the more that we can start to tap into these unique passions that we have, that's where we start to find the juice and the magic of why we're here, what we have to offer humanity. Absolutely. And so thank you for doing what you do. You're an awesome person. Thank you for, I can see your heart coming through this. Ah. And you seem like you bring expression out of people beautifully. Mm, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you so much. My pleasure. Uh, so you've, uh, I, there's so much that when I started looking into your work and you as a person and talking to Hannah about who you are, there's so much that lit up in me. And a lot of it is because you practice things that I don't even know about. And that's, <laughs> I love that. I love, what love finding people. Doing? Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like, what is this? What is that word? What is this thing you're doing? Uh-huh. Um, and you know, it, so that's that, my favorite way to learn is through conversation. Awesome. Right. And so we have cool conversations with great people. We can walk away with so much knowledge that, you know, a, a bachelor's, a master's or whatever degree won't give you because this is real time information sharing between human beings. Right. Yeah. And so I love, open conversations. That's one of the main reasons I started this podcast was to just talk to cool people and see how we can all just work together in some kind of way. Right. It's powerful. Oh, yeah. It's beautiful yeah. stuff. So for you, uh, you're a third generation healer, which is one of those first red flags was like, that's awesome. You've, <laughs> you've come from a lineage of all these beautiful healers in some modality to give you this kind of like this, this, this start to, to, yeah. to, be able to follow the passion that's inside your heart. So can you talk to a little bit about like how you kind of move towards healing and maybe some of the, the, the support you've, you've received from the lineage of, of your healers? Absolutely. So it's uh, three that we know of (laughs) that are still alive. I come from a bunch of weird Scottish women. Mm. Um, I grew up in a weird way. I grew up, uh, my, off the grid in Montana. Oh, beautiful. Uh, my parents spent my childhood building a solar underground pyramid. Uh, Whoa, how big? <laughs> it's it's uh, it's a house, so it's built into a cliff and okay. uh, passive solar in the front. They were in the Peace Corps in India and so came back kind of strange. Yeah. Um, good strange. Yeah, good strange. So is that we house have, still there? It is. Oh yeah. God. It's never probably not going to be there. It's pretty sturdy. Wow. So yeah. So they were big visionaries of, of changing sustainability. Mm. And my mother and my aunts, however, were doing women's workshops in the wilderness of Absorkey, Montana. Wow. <laughs> um, uh, they called them Live the Leap, okay. which is essentially just a bunch of women coming in and and healing together. Um, so I was mentored by my aunts. Um, 
What time I, frame was that in? I started, I became a Reiki master at 18. So Holy that God. was, uh, oh goodness, don't make me do that. Uh, I won't make you do that. <laughs> but like, you know, just. Uh, yeah. I was trying to think what, I'm not good at dates. <laughs> so let's see, that would have been probably 98. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. So I started working in professionally doing healing work in 98. I also became a massage therapist around that time, mm, okay. the year after. And, uh, I had a 10 year career doing hands-on, uh, mm. work, um, my aunts really, my aunt, my mother, uh, and my other aunt, uh, we learned a lot about what healing is and isn't. Mm. Um, one of my aunts actually had some challenges, uh, and and we learned about what to not invite into the healing circles. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. And not being the PhD of the ego, mm. um, and learning to be humble and clear. Yeah. Uh, with with that statement, because that's a beautiful statement that I think a lot of people that, that step into this realm kind of uh, maybe either turn a blind eye to or, or hope yeah. is not really there. Yeah. But it's, it's the, what, I, and I don't want to say darkness because darkness and light is just a construct, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but there is maybe shenanigan magic, right? Shenanigan energy, right? Polarities, yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. You know, there's the energy of the consciousness of like where we can understand what's around us and what's coming in and what's going out. But there's uh, like my my ment- my um, spiritual mentor, for example, talks about how if you're if you're not conscious about life, yes. then that leaves yourself kind of open to these different types of entities to come in and then utilize your energy for their needs. And so that kind of like that 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 darkness that not a lot of people like think is there. They hope it's all just love and light, but there's still that. And again, it's a construct, so maybe it doesn't mean like demonic, devilish stuff, but it's just it's outside of the path that you're wanting to kind of maybe move towards. Absolutely, and I mean, that's a really broad topic. But <laughs> there, to me, it's kind of like we have a regular. This level of consciousness has jungles, right? And when we move past this level, we also have complex jungles of of reality. And it doesn't mean that the polarity doesn't exist, but as we work up different, you have dark and light here, Mm -hmm. and then you have the potential to create reality up here, and then you have lots of realms of things that don't necessarily play with us Right. From here to here, and or do, and it, my, what I have learned from my generations of healers is be grounded, stay mm. stay connected to nature, keep your values, mm. um, be kind to your ego, mm. like carry it lovingly, yeah. right? Don't destroy it, yeah. don't em- enmesh it, don't uh, don't put it on a pedestal as the highest spiritual person on the day, yeah. right? Just. Be present as a human um, and loving, I guess, would be the, the top two that seem to work. And then show up and trust spirit. Uh, spirit can get you through. Yeah. Yeah. The ego part that, that you mentioned, I think, is it's, it's a topic that keeps coming up a lot. And, and, I believe you. You know, and it's, it's when I first started. So I've been on my, my healing journey now for about 10 years. About 32 is when I started. And, yeah. uh, and one of the first things I remember hearing, and even before then, in my 20s, when I was very unconscious to what was going on with all this stuff, I kept hearing the kill the ego mentality, right? Yeah. Kill your ego, kill your ego. And, and I can't say that I didn't buy into that because my ego was out of control and it was flared and it was controlling everything and it was riding, driving the boat and it didn't need to. Yeah. And so I went on that path to kill the ego, like through, through yoga, through body movement, through plant medicines. Yep. And every time I tried to get the, 
the spiritual crowbar out and pry that dude out. No, he held on tight and pleaded Thank his Thank goodness. Face. Yeah, exactly. Because like, I, and <laughs> it got to the mind. point where it's like, you need that. I yeah. need this. <laughs> yes. I need this, right? And I have a, so I have a show coming out, an episode coming out next week with a musician named Alan Stone. Yes. Where he talks awesome. about, yeah, great guy. Yeah. And he talks about like, you need ego to, sh- to step up in his example on stage and show yes. that you have a musical talent that you want to express. But if you let that ego continue to drive, that's where we get those God complexes. And exactly. It's like, look at me. I'm the showman. Look at me. Uh, da, da. You know, I'm the person with the talent. But, okay, yes, your talent got you there, but it's your, it's your honoring of the skill that you have that's going to continue to keep you there. Absolutely. And we're bigger than our minds, right? Yeah. Our minds are really helpful. <laughs> keep your mind. Yes. It works. Right. It's also really nice for going through your day. Yes. But it doesn't need to believe that it leads the show. And there's we're we're complicated mm. and beautiful. Yes, we are. Yeah. Yes, we are. So with your with your so was it your aunts that were the lineage? I do. That kind yes. Of, okay. So I have my grandmother worked with. Uh, she was into kind of the. Uh, Oh, his name's gone. That's interesting. <laughs> I mean, I'm not supposed to say it. Um, uh, my grandfather had a stroke, and my grandmother at the time was really working with a rabbi, even not uh, healers, to come in and get him out of a coma. Mm. And so I have that in her generation. And wow. then my mom has four sisters, and all of them were doing some version of weirdness. Wow. Uh, my aunt Kathleen. My namesake is my primary mentor. She's still doing healing. Okay. And my mother is a different kind of healer and awesome. Um, she's living in her pyramid okay. over there in Montana there still. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I also am a little bit of a weirdo. I had an NDE when I was little. Okay. And so um, that's a near death. Yeah. And uh, how old were you? I was five. Oh, wow. Uh, and I had some medical trauma and okay. then died. <laughs> Oh, wow. And had uh, what I call an experience where I connected with my angel. I call her my angel. I don't know what to call her. But uh, got a little help at that point. And that accelerated things a bit. Yeah. Um, Do you still remember the the experience that you had? And like, was it kind of vivid being five years old? I mean, that's, I don't remember anything from five. (laughs) Yes, I do. Uh, Well, it was a fairly traumatic experience. And so I remember it kind of like those trauma pieces. And then I remember the angel coming in. And I remember years later, I, I have blocked and shut down a lot during my childhood. And I, I years later, I watched the movie The Abyss. Mm-hmm. And when that, I don't know if you've seen that, yeah. but yeah, that angel came to pick him up. And I just, just like wept for like two hours because my angel looked a lot like that weird alien one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> like almost exactly. And I was like, wow, someone else has seen what I've seen, yeah. you know? And it's interesting to have those things correlate but yeah, since then I've really worked, um, I'm strongly empathic. Mm. And so I've had to spend a lot of time working with my own healing, being able to pick up pain from others. I right. was able to do a lot of healing for them, but I, I was on a journey to learn for myself how to keep myself clear. And I call it emotional hygiene. Keep yourself clean, jelly bean. That right? is yeah. such a beautiful statement. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know we're already tangenting, but right. like <laughs> emotional hygiene is, is, again, that's another subject that's kind yes. of been coming up a little bit in the talks that I've had. And that it's 
it's such a beautiful statement. It's such yeah. a beautiful concept. And again, it's something that I don't think a lot of us really think about as we start entering into these realms yeah. about how we need to maintain our own energies, cleansing ourselves, like yes. just making sure we're th- within the constitution that we want to be in so we can deliver and provide for the way we want to. Absolutely. Well, I mean, sanitation changed medicine, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> changed us from being, you know, little viral things uh-huh. to cleaner and clearer. And same thing on the energy level as we move to that next level. <clears throat> I think, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about empaths being, you know, like I am an empath and I am the great empath. And empath to me means that you have an ability to hear or in a different way, a capacity to feel your environment. And, and you have to keep it clean. Empaths are like a clear window or Mm. like a, like an open sky. Right. And we do often feel very emotional because we feel the wave of whatever we're hitting. Right. So if we remember and recognize it becomes very simple just to kind of clear, just come back to us and center in us we need our i think we need empaths and i think we need an increase in empathy to connect with each other uh, so that we can move to the next kind of evolutionary collection of us yes Uh, and we're you know it it bypasses the crap Uh, it's hard to be sticking in pride when you're hurting with that person right right? Yeah. yeah There's so. a there's a doctor I follow named uh, Doc, Dr. Zach Bush. I'm not yes, sure right? I've heard love, of Zach Bush. Doc. Yeah, He's a, just a lot of different things he talks about really land in a beautiful way with me. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things he talks about, I, I listened to a podcast with him a while back, and he was talking about, um, uh, and I can't remember the, the, the exact culture, but he was talking about an indigenous prophecy. Heck yeah. About how between the age, the, the time of 2017 and 2027, that 10 year period, um, humanity is going to breed out the genes that uh, allow us to understand guilt and fear. Ooh, that would be nice. Right? Let's do that. And so, like, <laughs> all that guilt that we feel about the shit that we did, didn't do, blah, 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 the stories we create, and all the fear about, you know, like, like right now, like, like we're afraid of things that we've never been afraid of because their DNA just gets passed down, and, like, we're afraid of the dark. We're afraid of snakes. We're afraid of spiders because, like, cavemen and cavewomen back hundreds and thousands of years ago were afraid of that, and it's kind of just carried over right yeah and so we're getting to a point to where like that 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 survival skill doesn't need to be there anymore right we can go outside and for the most part a lot of the population can't but for the most part we can go outside and feel safe we're not going to get mauled by a tiger we're not going to get you know like all this shit's not going to happen we go out stretch our arms and be like it's a beautiful day this is great nothing's hiding behind that rock my car is going to start everything's going to be cool right (laughs) so a lot of those those motions that we've that we've kind of carried over maybe they don't serve the best purpose anymore. And maybe they're holding us back from that next step of what we're moving towards. I agree. I think I actually kind of, I'm kind of a weird biology nerd, right? So I think the way that fear serves us is to kind of give us that kind of stress mm, catalyst so that we can step up and grow to that next level because we all have fear and fear needs to never, you know, Fear's an asshole, it'll lie to your face. That's what they say, right? Yes, right? So yeah, so you have, but you have to look at it, look at it right in the face and catch it yeah. and say, yeah, there's fear. And I'm I trust, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think trust is a choice. So you move through and 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 let the fear inform you of where you want to grow next mm. would be the best way to think about that yeah. for me. Yeah. 
there's a there's I think it's a, I think it's bell hooks uh, the quote comes from but there's an old quote uh, that basically goes uh, all emotions are okay all behaviors are not yes. right and so when we can when we can hear the message of say fear right yes. we can hear the message of fear because fear has a has a, has a message for you right you it don't does. have to act on it it is specific but listen to it right? exactly and but you know and, and the way I look at that is like you know with my kids you know if I if I push my kids dad 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 nah, leave me alone give me give, give me some time I don't need time it's going to amplify their desire to want to talk to me dad Absolutely. I got some shit to say dad I got some shit <laughs> to say and yeah. then all of a sudden it's like dad blah right yes. here's the thing and it's like well god damn it I'm not ready for that yeah so but if we again like if we can listen to that emotion listen to that child we don't have to yeah. act on what they're saying but just give them the space to be heard yes then that emotion doesn't come out in a nasty shitty argument later as behavior that you're not proud of right that fear all of a sudden sinks into an argument and you're like, you lash out at your spouse or your best friend or whatever for no reason at all, you know? And so if we can take that message and just hear it, compartmentalize it, maybe flag it for later, right? That's a good thought. We'll think about that later, but hear it. <laughs> yes. And then we have the, we have the discernment to choose whether or not to act on it instead Absolutely. of it just like, <clears throat> I like to say, don't worry, it'll get worse. <laughs> So even if you miss it that first time, right, there's still going to be an opportunity for uh -huh. it to become resonant for yeah. you. Yeah. So it's, you know, there's nothing more beautiful than parenting to bring us every trigger of our life, every right, at always. And what a beautiful growth medium. It is. Uh, yeah. So it's that old adage, your, your teachers manifest themselves in the strangest of ways. Oh, like I never thought I'd have a prepubescent teacher, but goddamn, I got two of them. Oh, you do. <laughs> Good luck. Yes. Best ones of all. Oh, they and they grow the forever. Hopefully. Mm -hmm. God willing. Yeah, yeah. right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, so back to your journey. Back. What are we talking? Uh, yeah, right. I <laughs> yeah. love this. This is tangents. Um, so you've uh so you've moved through energy work you've moved through biology and how yes. did you finally land on naturopathic and medical intuitiveness and that's yeah. one that i've really that come dive from? into because that's amazing um absolutely so i uh i decided actually to become a naturopathic doctor after years of thinking about it okay. because i wanted to teach mm. and the naturopathic doctors i knew in my own personal life i knew lots of chiropractors lots of mds um I just found them to be the most out-of-the-box thinkers mm. and in, deeply intelligent. Uh, it didn't really, I didn't even gel with their philosophy very much until I got into school. And then I was like, oh, ah. <laughs> like, <laughs> look at these weirdos. Right? Yeah, they are, you know, I've always been kind of, I was raised in nature. I'm, I love the elements. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like I came in early saying, you know, God is in and around us, you know, uh, and nature shows that all the time. And so it was nice to see a type of medicine that was, although naturopathic medicine still kind of fights, we still fight a little there, yeah. but, uh, their philosophy is one of, um, nature heals, you know, your body heals itself mm -hmm. and you just have, they have the determinants of health and that part, if you can get your determinants right, then that the health will re re return. Nice. And I liked that a lot. I also deeply fell in love with homeopathy. Mm. Oh, geeked out on homeopathy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, don't even get me started on that one, but I loved homeopathy. Um, I had no idea how cool that was. Yeah. And I've always just loved learning. Like I, I'm just, my brain, I like to eat the yeah. food, Devour eat, it. eat all of the information. <laughs> yes. So, um, that was exciting. And then, but naturopathic medical school isn't to walk in the park. And my father actually, uh, died the first quarter I was in school oh, of cancer. Mm. And, um, I, it just drove me. 
it was like, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. I also had a, my daughter was five at the time. Okay. And they, uh, they have been a big motivator for me too. Good. And, uh, after school though, I pushed myself really hard through school and then I kind of had a little breakdown. Mm, okay. <laughs> so after school finished, I got my degree and I got my, passed the test, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I was like, who am I? Like, what am I doing? Right. And I sat down and I do a lot of meditating and my guides were like, you're going to download an energetic system now. <laughs> so I was like. Great. Yeah. And so I spent for like 40 days every day. I just started drawing these drawings um, wow. and they, they were channeling me a whole system of, of sh it's kind of a chakra. It's an, it's a system that has to do with the chakra system, but it, it helps integrate it basically. Okay. And I haven't brought that out to the world yet. Oh, okay. um, just that's, to myself. All right. That's something you're <laughs> but, still kind of working on internally uh, and understanding. Been, yeah. 12 years, wow. but or whatever, how many years I graduated in 2013. So whatever that is. Wow. Um, and I'm always learning it, but after that happened, I started to be, I've always been able to empathically feel what people are experiencing. And a lot, once you touch a thousand people on a massage table, you know, you have a different way of being mm. as I'm sure, you know, Most yes, definitely. you just learn from people. And then, um, they started giving this to me though, in pictures and my medical mm. intuition at that time, uh, I was able to integrate art in, and it comes in, in a lot of color. Okay. Colors and yeah, just specific images, and uh, has developed now into what I call the embody map, which is basically uh. a it's a picture that helps uh, the guides give you a snapshot of where your health uh, to focus on bringing your health forward. Okay. So that can be everything. At the beginning, it was a lot of you know all the things that were wrong and which level of the energy field, and now sometimes it's just like. Um, well, yesterday, a guitar, right? Okay. Drawing a guitar for this person on their health map, and and then don't understand what why I am drawing a guitar until I talk to them, and and the entire core of their problem is their marriage to the bass player <laughs> that wow. has caused them the wow. heartbreak, yeah. right? So there, there's the idea with the embody maps is focus here on what's on what's bringing health, not what's causing illness. Um, Medical intuition for me is a little different than just reading the field and saying yeah. this is wrong, although I can do that a bit. Um, I like, I can do that as a doctor. Mm -hmm. So I like to diagnose as a doctor because <laughs> yeah. I have the tools and, right. and the training. Um, but then I like to use the medical intuition to get to not what's the illness, but actually what will bring health. Mm. And so I call it a window of health. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Uh, there's a, yeah, it's, it's like the, uh, the, the opposite of the way we're looking at it now, right? So let's say we have pneumonia, let's give yes. you an antibiotic, clear cut out all the bacteria and we'll start new. Okay. Yeah. Well that just, we've shown that sucks, right? There's, there's, there's studies <laughs> Sometimes out now. Sometimes it's really helpful, but right? yeah. yeah. But I, yes. I've read a study recently that was talking about how if you take antibiotics, one cycle of antibiotics within that first 12 months of that cycle that you've taken, you're 24% more likely to experience severe depression. And oh. if you double that, you're doubling that basically 44%. Yeah. And so, um, well, the microbiome the, makes our serotonin right, and exactly. a lot of our dopamine. Yep. Yeah. So we're just cutting all that stuff out, you just know? hurting the bugs. And so one of the, the approaches I've heard recently, which is still, you know, hypothesis and still working on, but it's, it's the adaptogen side, right? So instead uh -huh. of cutting everything out, what can we do to support what's left in there? Right? So if you have <gasps> pneumonia, how can we add something to it? So that other bacteria doesn't realize it's all alone and creating all this havoc. It can say, Oh, look, there's support. We can balance out. And then that flare up goes down. Right. And I'm like, that's, 
I, I mean, I'm not a doctor. I've never been to medical school. I just read. I <laughs> so, love to read. But it, it sounds great. I'm yeah. like, that sounds amazing. And I would take it even further. And I would say, listen to the pneumonia. Why do you have that perfect illness for you? And what is it that the body's trying to communicate with you there? Because I find that bodies do never do anything on accident. Right. right? And sometimes we do get hit with COVID or mm-hmm. <laughs> like some crazy thing systemically and collectively. But also that, you know, are we mutating as a collective? I don't know, maybe. Right, um, yeah. But the information is always there in the body. So first go in and listen and... Um, and then even in that, so you can have a pneumonia if someone has pneumonia and I know it's a, you know, I've got a viral infection, bacterial infection or whatever it is. And I go in, the first thing I ask that is I ask the bug, are you here to help or are you here to hurt? Wow. And the bugs are like, I'm here to hurt. Get out of my way. <laughs> and then if they're here to hurt that person, I'm going to use antibiotics. <laughs> we're go. going we're to take it down. Or herbs. I tend to use homeopathy and herbs Oh, a lot. cool. Okay. Yeah. But we're going to knock it down, right? But there's the only time you should fight is when it's a fight. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's there to say, I need this person to lay down. I need this person's... I need this entire person's family to heal. Mm. Because I need to be in a different role than I have been in the past. I need to remember that I need help in the world. Whatever it is that that is the causative um, intelligence of the illness uh, can be accessed just by listening. Yeah. And so much of what I do is just show people what they already know. You know, I'm like, how about, you know, the guys are telling me this beautiful thing is happening for you. Is that what's happening? And most of the time, the most common thing they say is, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's but, so nice to someone can see me yeah right it's so nice to be seen and heard that's it's it's so beautiful because sometimes we we might feel because we create stories right we love stories we're storytelling humans powerful. right we love hearing them we love telling them powerful and when those negative stories especially when we're in pain and we're suffering yes. we spin those stories of negativity and then we start to believe them so yes. somebody like yourself presenting a different story. outlook you know story right it's that's beautiful and the fact that you said perfect illness Oh, that is a great. I've never heard that, and that's such a beautiful statement, right? It's the always perfect illness. Perfect that, illness. Right? Yes. That's exactly what it needed to be to yeah. get you to the point of understanding what you needed to understand, or whatever it is that you're looking for. And that's uh, that's. I mean, it, again, it's another just it's just framing it differently. You know? It's so hard to see sometimes too, mm-hmm. and sometimes those perfect illnesses take like ten years of retrospect, right? Before you're like, oh my gosh. That one healed our generations of our ancestry, right? right? And there's so much of us that we don't understand or control. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. it, it's actually pretty challenging to be a doctor after the medical intuitive because I can see if I just go in and listen, you know, if I get 68% ancestral pattern and <laughs> there's not anything I have a tool for in doctor land yeah. for ancestral pattern. <laughs> That's really challenging as doctors. Yeah. I mean, I think doctors are trying really hard with to get a little tiny about, they've got about this much of a range to work within and about this much time and a lot of pressure. Yeah. And they do pretty well considering yeah. what's on them. <laughs> yeah, right. But exactly. there's so much more. And actually the person's who heals. Yeah. So the person is the one that needs to listen to themselves. That's that's my passion. Getting Agreed. people to understand what's going on inside of them and listen to it and trust Definitely. it. Yeah. There's a there's something you said just a moment ago about how the illness might not be for the person that's ill. There but are community for, illnesses. Right. Yeah. And so um, I shared before we hit record, but my mom passed away in uh, September from cancer. Yes. I'm and, sorry. Um, and so she she fought 
she did the medicine, you know, chemo, all that stuff. And then, um, I think it was about August, beginning of August. She's like, you know, it's, it's getting worse, spread to the bones, spread to the heart. Like, let's just, we're gonna stop the medicine, pump yep. her full of pain meds and we'll just do this. We'll, we'll go out peacefully. And we're all cool. Yeah, I hope she okay. did. She did. Yeah, she Good. did. You know, there was a struggle. You know, the, the lungs filled up with fluids. So, I mean, there was a... It was, That's hard. But she was out of pain for the most part. Good. But to the point you were making about the illness was for others, yes. right? So she she kept waking up. And I've, I've sat by now two people as they passed. Um, what a gift. It was just, oh, really, really tough. But it's beautiful, right? There's so many beautiful it's... moments that happen oh, in those. Yes. And, uh, and so she... <laughs> She would uh, she would be sleeping for a while, and then she'd just wake up. She, we had her in the living room in a hospice care at, at home, and she'd just wake up, look around, look around, and she'd be like, this again? <laughs> I'm still fucking here? And I'm like, I know, Mom. I'm sorry, you know? Waking up in the wrong one. She's like, I'm Go done. Back. What Go the back. Back. What can we be done? But there was a, the, the, the closer she got, and she had a couple more of those moments, she would wake up, and she would say, um, she's like, I'm just, there's a door in the way. And I'm like, oh, well, tell me about the door. Yes. Because right? she's on the veil, right? She Absolutely. sees shit. I don't see it. So I'm like, well, tell me about that door. And she's like, it's dirty. Mm. It's really, she kind of smiles. She's like, it's a dirty door. It's just filthy. And I can't clean it. And immediately I'm like, mom, that's not your door to clean. Yeah. That's Is our it door yours to, clean, to do. Yeah. Right. You're here. You're sticking around after you're ready to go. You're done, right? You're done with this life. You're ready to explore that next life, but you're yeah. still here and you're fed up with that shit. But you're still here because your family needs to learn how to be empathic towards your passing and how to f- how to find the way that sits with them as you go, right? And so it just it just it was such a mind blowing experience for me. I actually got the tattoo of the dirty door in my hand, my my depiction of what a dirty door felt like, you know. So like as soon as she passed, like that's a month beautiful, later, I got by that. the way. And Thank she you. is so proud of you, by yeah, the way. Uh, I feel her all the time. Shining she used all to, over She you. used to pull my little chin hairs and, you know, like my Adam. And so I feel that every once in a while. So I just, like, I just love it's like it. raining on you. But it was, that was one of the first things where it hit me of like, this isn't, this isn't yours. This yeah. is, this is ours. Yes. This is the family's stuff to, to figure out, right? That You've done sh- your job. That also keeps the connection of the whole family. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful and hard. Yeah. 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 But, you know, it's like, I, I, I think we need those moments. We need those moments to remind us, to get us out of the stories, to get us out of the the hustle and bustle, the grind, whatever you want to call, whatever verb you want to use for it. Bullshit. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and you know? human. Totally. Yeah, yeah yes. and just remind ourselves that like, we're, this matters. This matters, right. Yes. Yeah. The person sitting across from me matters. Yes. The, the, my kids, right. The so things much. that I'm like, why are we working so hard for whatever reason? But like, look at what that reason is. And are you really working towards that as your reason? For me, I always thought I was doing right by working my ass off, working 90 hours a week for my two kids. But then I realized I was seeing my my work family more than I saw my actual family. And I bastardized relationships and all this stuff because of what I felt like I should be doing. That's what I call a system of stress. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Meaning that, you know, that's a drive from our culture. Very strong one. Yeah. And some of those, we have lots of those on us. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it takes a whole family unit to be like, this isn't working. Mm. And it isn't out of lack of effort, right? right? Or out of putting all of you in, all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so in the the field that you're in now and the clients that you work with, and uh, do you feel, and this is just a broad question. Yeah. um, So there's that that work ethic mentality right now that we have, right? Absolutely. We're just work, 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 work. We drive, we drive, we drive. We want to innovate. We want to create. There's CEOs that work, you know, 80, 90 hours a week and then expect that same thing of their staff members and blah, blah, blah. 
So, and that's idolized, right? A lot of that's it idolized is. is like, man, I wish I could do that. Where's my productivity like that? I wish I could only sleep three hours a day. Well, fuck that. You know, cause so, we're never enough. Right. You know, ever. Yeah, yeah. never, even if we get to that point, we'd still want to be better. Quote unquote, you know, that's, that's the wheel, right? Yeah. So, so if you, the, the, if that's generated by greed, I think. Yes. 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 So, and so, and, and so, and I've, I've talked to this for the few clients that I've picked up recently that have that kind of mentality. Yes. And what I'm finding is that's their coping mechanism for not, not facing their healing, right. For not facing their traumas. Right. It's also a huge system of stress on them. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that isn't necessarily the person's greed that's driving that. You have a system of greed that's perpetuating an unsustainable society mm-hmm. that's utilizing the resources of nature. It's degrading medicine, education. <laughs> Would you like me to keep going on the way? I should be nice. We're supposed to be happy. But I think we're there are a bit of us that are, are dealing with that getting into the wheel, right? Getting into that cog. And, but also many of us are waking up and all over the place. And I think, honestly, I think COVID helped with that quite a bit. I do. And, and it's simple to wake up. You look at your kid and you, or your mom dies of cancer. And then you, you go, what matters Mm -hmm. and who matters? And, and then you have things like these beautiful trees outside that keep you sustained, Mm -hmm. right? And it, and you just sit in your house while everyone has COVID and, and ex- enjoy your trees, yeah. <laughs> right? Yep. Those things um, naturally regain health. And when we just allow those systems of greed to fall a little bit, um, I think naturally we'll start to kind of move, move together in yeah. a more healthy way, cooperative yeah. and healthy way. I think that that idea for me, where at least where we're at now in humanity, what it makes me think of is the the individual is very smart, the masses are ignorant, right? And so, like, if because you know, and I talk to it doesn't matter what political side you're on, what gender you're Always. on, what you recognize as, yes. you know, any of that stuff. Ninety nine percent of the people I talk to just want to be happy and healthy and yes. have that for their friends and family. Of right? course. But when you start to get masses of people together and somebody floats an idea out and then all of a sudden somebody says, yeah, and then it's like, it's easier to say, yeah, 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 BIPOC, yeah, anti-LGBTQ, yeah, we don't want drag queens read. Okay. But, but again, if you ask the individual, they don't fucking care. They're not going to be, they're not the one that's going to take their kid to a drag show anyways, or a drag reading of a library book or whatever. Right. Oh, there's so much pissiness. Yeah, it's just so yes. much. Yeah. But you know, and again, it's that, it's that mass kind of appeal. Right. And so I think the more we can start to get to the understanding that we are individuals, yes. we had to, okay. So for the past, let's say 60, 70 years of modern economy, we had to more or less be the same, right? That was the way economy was set up, right? We had to kind of do the same thing, similar things. We had to act in similar ways so society could grow. And if you weren't acting the way that your neighbor acted, you were kind of outcast and then you couldn't get food and you couldn't, you know, survive. So, but now that pendulum is swinging back to the individual, right? And one of my favorite quotes is everybody is unique, but nobody is special. Right. And so we finally get to this pendulum swing to where we can embrace our uniqueness. I don't have to act like my neighbor, Frank. I can have long hair and tattoos where he can have short hair and none. Right. We're both still humans. We're both still doing this shit. Right. But when we can embrace our uniqueness, like we talked about earlier, all Diversity. those beautiful things that, yes. that make us who we are, then yeah. we all have our ability to actualize in our own ways and present that package of beauty to humanity that is the reason why we're here. Right. And so like, Getting to that point now in humanity where where I don't have to be like you, you can be you, I can be me, 
but I just don't want me to go to my head because me is unique, but me is also not the most unique and the most special just because I can do what I can do, right? What I can do fits in perfectly with maybe what you can do. And then that combined is like, oh my God, now here's new magic, right? But if we just walk around thinking we're the only ones, then it's like, ah, you're, that's, that's where we start to take those left turns. I have kind of a weird, I don't know if it's too far out there, but I like to see things, everything in terms of the body, because I freaking love the body. Mm -hmm. And I think we're evolving. I think we're in a second, you know, we've been in a first chakra problem for a long time, which is inequity and, you know, greed and racism structures and political problems. A lot of rooted imbalances, right? Uh, Then we move to second chakra, which is like, us and them. So everything becomes, I am this, you are that, and we have to have a fight, right? And we're, we've moved into third chakra, which is, okay, now we're like getting into these identities. Now I am, I am the mother, I am the father, you know, Mm -hmm. I am all of these archetypal images and people and they're diversing, but we're, we're also getting into the ego version, egoic version of, I am the top of this hierarchy of whatever the heck that is. And, and they're not a, it doesn't mean you don't still have the first chakra and the second chakra as you move to the heart, which mm. is next, right? right? But as we diversify, to me, cells are all, they have to be individualized. A cell has to specialize, otherwise it's cancer, mm, Yeah, <laughs> right? Yeah. It, it de-evolves into something that just consumes yeah. and destroys. So we need to be specializing. That means each of us has to uniquely express who we are in our beautiful, diverse way, mm. and we do have to break down these systems of stress that cause fucking racism and and cause gender inequality and cause uh, don't give me yes all the things yes but and not also toy with us so that we're just all fighting each other instead of having a general collective response to a power hierarchy um i do think though i am a I think as we specialize, we need to pot up. Like the body will have a specialized section of cells. And when those cells get together and they're kind of similar to each other, they become a tissue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so they have this, this thing that isn't them. They evolve to the next level of cooperative work. Yeah. And this community has those. But if they, want, if they want to make an organ, they have to create tissues together. So now we have to have these specialized cells always have to diversify with the other tissues to create this complex organism. And so I think that's a lot to talk about. How are we doing? Okay. I know. I'm like, don't go too far. Nope. Keep going. Yes. So the, (laughs) as, as we get that, we, that means two things from us. We've got to be able to study ourselves in who we are Mm. and trust that our way stays solid. And it isn't easy to, to have those, those differences in groups because we've been doing uh, competition and hierarchies for a long time, yep. but nature doesn't. Nature's nope. doing cooperation, right. and as we evolve to this next level, we go through a cooperative joining. The nervous system is one of my favorites too, which is the brain works by inhibiting the parts that it doesn't want to express. Okay, so we, as we get, the brain controls our body, and. It controls it through wiring, right? Mm -hmm. But it also, it does suppress. It does just say, I want to go this way, so we're going to turn that off. And I think as a collective, you might find as we evolve Mm. that we're going to be just, fear is rising, we're going to turn it off. 
and we're going to turn on trust or we're going to turn on cooperation. And some of that other stuff is going to weed out. And I kind of feel like we're weeding out right now yeah. <laughs> as a culture a oh, little yeah. bit. Right? I, that's a lot of not understanding that probably. But no, uh, okay, yes. I, you know, Sometimes when, you just stop the bad by and by turning on the good. Mm-hmm. You stop the trauma by coming to the present, right? Right. You yep. don't loop that way. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's just an inhibition uh, superpower. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like you know, it's it's like we're moving away from uh, the understanding that we've been in this win lose metric system. Exactly. Like for me to win, you have to lose, and for we're growing me, past it. Exactly. It's like how do we collectively win this game together? How do we continuously play? Like the uh, the old book, uh, Finite and Infinite Games, right? Um, uh, it was written in the '80s, and then I think. Oh, I don't um, know this. What's his name? Oh, Simon Sinek recently wrote a book. He's a management kind of like speed guru. He loved, loved Simon Sinek. But he wrote a book recently that's basically finite and infinite games also. But it basically, it, it takes the idea that, okay, so let's, right now we're, we're all playing a finite game, right? Yes. Just like you said. Or I we win, think we lose, are. Right? Yeah. <laughs> but if we can all collectively say, okay, let's redefine what we consider what success is, right? Does, does success have to grow every year? Do we have to hit a certain percentage to be successful? Do we have to have inflation? Do we have to always continue, right? Can we just be cool being this, right? Can we just live in this space, right? And be okay with that. And that's... Or something else, yeah. which is like we can't not have stress, right? Mm-hmm. That all biological systems have stress to grow, right. and we aren't going to stop growing. Mm-hmm. So we, it's not that polarity either, yeah. right? It's more like to me, like a family. Like you're always going to have the two-year-old consciousness there if there's a two-year-old there, and then you want to have a parent consciousness there, also saying. Yeah. Yeah, let's collaborate. Let's see what we can grow. And then it becomes this next thing that you can't see yet. Right. It's an evolutionary leap, right? It will take us to something we don't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's interesting. Like we're, we're at a point now in humanity where we're not only aware of the fact of the concept of evolution, but we're able to influence Watching evolution. it. We're doing it. Right? Yeah, it's like it's, fast time. It's so fucking crazy it's to so be a weird. part of that. And hard and stuff. Right. Yeah. And then there's like the idea of the biological evolution, which is, you know, something that we don't really control, but then we have this idea of spiritual evolution, that the consciousness which, evolution that we're working towards as well, right? <laughs> kind of intertwined, yeah, I think. Yeah, definitely. maybe. Yeah, because yeah. you remember like it's, uh, I love the old adage, the priest and the chief, right? So the priest <laughs> is looked at as a consciousness and the chief is looked at as the body yeah and in my my personal journey i put a lot of of faith in the priest right i'm always in my head i'm always doing shit (laughs) in my head thinking doing all that stuff and i forget about the chief and so in my meditations it's okay take it out of here take that priest hat off and put the chief hat on and just like listen to my body and remember that your body has consciousness and my body is probably way smarter than my head if i just learned how to listen to it you know I, I find the body to be very close to an animal. Yeah. Like it's an animal consciousness. Mm. So it's like trying to deal with your favorite animal. And I, I usually talk to people about what is your favorite animal. Okay. And, and we have a part of our brain that's very much like a reptile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have a part of our brain that's very much like a mammal. Yeah. And so we have these different levels too inside that consciousness of talking and listening to the body. And then we have this other level that's more like the chief, right? Which is more like our egoic consciousness of the body that also speaks to us. Mm. Uh, that part that part talks in words, but a lot of times the body itself is more like an animal and you have to care for it at that level. Um, I don't know why I was going off on that. I love but, that. Yeah. I've never heard that put it that way before, but it, it is because there's, it's like your body is, is built on instinctualness. Like instinctiveness. Oh, it's, it's, 
it's a it is already a successful community of trillions of little tiny sentient beings, yeah. right? And that doesn't even count the microbiome. So right. uh, your microbiome, it's almost as if we're being, I don't, know, I don't know if we're carrying the bacteria or not, or if they're carrying us or right. how we go with that, right? Yep. So we, we have this already collaboration here between those parts of us. Mm-hmm. And it gets really exciting if you listen down to, to how much perfection there is. There's also a piece, I think when we try to compartmentalize it, I don't know, for me at least, the most powerful, I would say the most powerful inner part uh, is rarely the spirit from the level of ego. It's almost always the inner child, (laughs) right? Or that innocent part of us that just is and comes through um, and returns us to joy or play or... Mm -hmm. We, those other parts are so awesome though. So yes, yes. <laughs> whichever thing needs to lead today, right? Yeah. Well, or in know, this moment. So I, I love the, the talking about like the, the teamwork that it takes oh. to build a human. Right? Oh, yes. And I think for, you know, for so long, and this is another thing that uh, I've listened to Zach Bush and he talks a lot about this is how, you know, we've kind of demonized viruses, bacteria, and fungus. We, like we and keep all trying to push all medicine. that shit out because it's the human. The human has to survive, right? It's What's all about the, the human? human. Create space so the human can be here, right? <laughs> but, you know, and then, you know, within the past, what, 15 or so years, we've realized that mitochondria are external bacteria that populate all of our cells that give us the energy to actually be humans. Different DNA. Right? Totally yeah. different. That blew me away. I was like, Carried oh, from Jesus your Christ. mom's generation, though. Oh, so you, you have literally passed down all of your... All of your mitochondria was passed down through your mother's 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 mother. Wow. Right? So you have it in there. Maybe we're carrying them around. Right. Yeah. So with, with um, so, you know, we've had, we've demonized bacteria, right? We have all these antibacterial shit that we do. We have uh, well, we we're scared of them. viruses, we're, same we've, deal. Well, we've demonized nature is yes. what we've done. Yep. Yeah. There's actually, that was kind of the beginning of medicine. Yeah. yeah. There's a, the, the definition in Webster's Dictionary for nature is anything created outside of man. Yeah, we've separated ourselves from nature in the in the definition of what we call nature. I that was I'm with you. Yeah, that's and crazy. that was that's always been so deeply wrong to me mm-hmm. from the beginning because I've always I literally when I was five I came in the house and drew a picture of God for my mother and I and it was like a tree with you know like animals for the eyes and the oh. na- you know the river for the mouth and I'm wow. like mom look and she's like what is that and I'm like it's God yeah. you know and she's like you're weird yeah you know. <laughs> Whatever. What do you think I got it from, Mom? I love you, child. Woo, there goes another one. Uh, But yes, that's, I mean, it's everywhere. Yeah. Right? And nature, nature's scary. It'll kill you. Mm -hmm. uh, Except for when it doesn't. Right. Yeah. But it only kills you if it needs to. And that's a developmental stage, you know, also for humans. Mm. We've got to go through this, uh, you know, us and them, us and them, good and bad. What is what's my environment, right? right yeah. well, I got to eat it all. And you have a part of your immune system that's trained to fight that, right? Mm-hmm. This is me. This is not me. It's really helpful to develop the not me. Yeah. <laughs> it's helpful to have your immune system work. Yes. Uh, we have a barrier there, but then we have to keep going, right? Those mm-hmm. are just, they're tiers of evolution. Yeah. So I think we're, we're growing past them. Yeah. As a as a doctor in, in what in the, the the areas that you work on, um, and this is just another random question, but you know, with us I love coming random out, of, I know, right? I love them too. <laughs> as and, you know, as we start to come out of COVID and all the the things, the mandates are lifting and all this yes. stuff. Um, have you seen uh, again as a doctor? Have you seen any kind of like? 
change in people's immune responses from wearing masks or not wearing masks. And I'm not trying to demonize or, or say I, they're okay one way or the other, but it just, you know, I mean, we're... No, we're, I, the question is how much you want me to say here. So uh, hey, It's an open conversation. You know? Okay. Yeah. I, um, I do something called live blood analysis, which yes. uh, is uh, basically it's a finger prick and you put it onto a slide and you look at it in dark field microscopy, which is uh, able to see a little bit better into the, into the biome okay. uh, and the plasma. And... I had an experience during COVID where I had a whole, obviously most of the population is vaccinated and uh, I had a whole bunch of anti-vaxxers that also got referred to me okay. because I'm a weirdo. Yeah, there and you go. so I had all of these people putting blood on slides, right? Oh. And I did get to watch because my anti-vaxxers often did not wear masks okay. and they did not get vaccinated yep. and they uh, got COVID and my vaccinated people got COVID <laughs> yeah, right. and got the masks and also had, you know, the vaccines. Mm -hmm. And I, frankly, it scared me to death because uh, the vaccinated people, all of the vaccinated people had disorganization of the red cells. Wow. Every single one I had on the slide. Um, and I got very afraid <laughs> and did not want my family to get vaccinated, even right. though they did. Yeah. Um, and then at about six months, I saw their blood start to regulate again. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So it cleaned up and the body took care of it. Okay. And I also saw my anti-vaxxer group, their blood did not dysregulate like that. Okay. Uh, then there was a third thing that did the COVID. COVID also came through and looks like a particular pattern on the blood. So... No question to me that the vaccine versus non-vaccine was definitely stirring up some rough stuff. And, yeah. and we're seeing a lot of downstream effects of that now. Yep. Um, the, the masking and not masking, you know, caused, caused more acidity for sure. Right. Uh, and I, I did notice that overall the population of anti-vaxxers, some of them died, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so, and many of these guys died. So I don't, I don't, um, I don't know that. I don't have enough data. Yeah, right on. <laughs> but what my internal, my opinion has come on it uh, is uh, the vaccinations definitely added some complexity to what's going on um, in the body as far as immune system being a little more confused and the blood being more dysregulated. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I... And masks just, masks are a good idea if you are going to spread... <laughs> something to someone else, please just, it's a cold virus right. right now. And actually we're to the point with the mutations on I, my, my deep opinion on COVID. I don't know if I should say that to the world is I do think it absolutely was generated by, uh, powers that be, okay. um, it, it, there are too many pathways there that make it look like it was manufactured. Yeah. Uh, however, I kind of think nature said, hold my beer. <laughs> And then <laughs> mutated it out of being that what they wanted it to be. Okay. Right. And All so right. it did what well, their problem was they put it on a COVID, they put it on a coronavirus, which is one of the most mutating viruses known to man. Right. And they did it so it was spread, but they also the coronavirus mutated, 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 mutated. And now it's a cold, right? Pretty much. Yep. It, it doesn't mean I I'm sorry for the people that passed from it and mm -hmm. I think we made a lot of medical errors at the beginning with it. Right. Um but Right now, it's done what it's supposed to do. Right. So I think if we would have let it come through the population and possibly taken better care of our people who are immune compromised, right. uh, instead, that would have been a better choice. But we 
we can never go back. Yep. Right? Yep. So totally. now we go forward. Yep. I'm dealing with a lot of um, cardiovascular things now that yeah. are strange and some kidney tumors that are weird and mm. all sorts of uh, new things that we haven't had to deal with before. Yeah. So um, COVID, COVID's an interesting one. Yeah, I can imagine. And I think it's, you know, we're, we're, we're just starting to see some of those long-term effects from, yeah. you know, the continued uh, vaccinations and continued boosters, like all that stuff to see like how it's actually going to sit with the body. But I think the thing I'm most concerned about is, is, uh, uh, humanity's lack of ability to say, Hey, I'm wrong. Hey, I fucked up. And, and <laughs> on both sides. Right. You know, and, and, you know, I got, I got, I got the first few rounds of vaccinations. Sometimes it's right? just obvious. It is right. You know, and, and the, the more I start it's to okay. see the information coming out and the, you know, the tests that have been suppressed and all this stuff, it's like, well, fuck, I'm sorry. I was wrong. You know, I can go to my friends. I was never like a big pusher of all this shit, but I you know, went along with it. And, uh, but it's, it's that ability to say, look, you know, Hey, we got caught up. We got, we, we, we believed we were doing the right thing. Always. And, but okay, let's, let's, let's learn from this. But I think it's the, the thing I see a lot is people digging their heels into, no, you're still getting wrong information. Not, not, not acknowledging that there's now this stuff that's coming out. And again, I think that's part of that person's evolution of journey. But, medicine also, because medicine yeah. is, we call it the practice of medicine for a reason. We have been making mistakes like this through the entire time, mm. right? And I I mean, it was, I hear you. I got to the point where I was sitting there going, this is what I'm seeing. I have a doctor's training. I have CDC telling me I have to vaccinate every single person or right. I'm going to lose my license. Yeah. You know, I've got all of these spectrums on it. And I can tell you what I did. I sat down and my guides came in one day and were like, Aubrey, everything is energy. Yeah. Get out of the fear. Okay. And I would say that to everybody. I've got my anti-vaxxers too. I've got so many people that are terrified to have, I've had people terrified to eat food with their children because their children were vaccinated and they were not, and they're going to get nanobots. So, Uh, oh my God, we're unhealthy every direction, right? Just just listen in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the body should be dead already many times over with the amount of toxins in us. And I mean, that was one thing you learn in school. You're just like, there's, why are we alive? Yeah. Like there's so many things. There's so many reasons for us to be dead. And we just aren't, we're just not. And we're resilient as hell. Mm. There's, and we're resilient because of our field, because of our energy field Whatever that piece is that we can't describe, right. the woo, yeah, right? The woo, yeah, yeah, yeah. That woo thing is keeping us going. Mm. Okay, so if you can forgive, learn, stand in your truth as long as you have it. Let go of your truth the minute you realize that it is no longer it, and move on. We've you don't you don't. It's not about guilt. It's not about shame. Right. It's not about polarizing. I personally think that 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 we're, there's a piece with that that's trying to facilitate some separation. Right. So be careful. Right. Yep. <laughs> um, totally. And it's, it's effective sometimes yeah. it with can. these particular, this one's been a party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that, that leads me to, uh, uh, one of the things you have in your bio about yourself is, uh, you, you use the word docere. Docere. Uh, docere. Yes. As, as, as teacher, doctor, teach. teacher. Right. Yeah. And that's, I love that because so many times like, the, the doctor is like this omnipotent, like yeah. I have the answers and listen to what I say. And like, well, where's, where's the, where's the back and forth? Where can I, where can yeah. I talk about this? And then, then to be completely fair, like when my mom was going through her stuff, we got shit from doctors as far as answers and we got everything we needed from nurses. I and, believe you. And they, they, Cause you know, they pull aside and be like, okay, you never heard this from me, but what they just said is bullshit. Try this, try that. 
you never heard it from me. And if, then we try and it's like, we would have success, but lab coat doctor wouldn't be able to do that. But nurse practitioner would be like, Hey, try this. Right. And the nurse gets, there's, let me just say, if we didn't have nurses, this would have fallen a long time ago. <laughs> right, yeah. so, and whether the good and the bad of that, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, nurses are the medicine most often. Mm. And they are also the ones that get to listen. Yeah. They get to be in the room. They get to be with the person and get the context. And what doctors are expected to do is have no context, come in completely based on a series of logarithms, algorithms that say, this is your picture. Mm. And... What'd you say about that anxious person that in the indigenous, right? Yeah, yeah. Your doctor should be that part of the brain that comes in and says, ding, 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 ding. These are the things. And I have to tell you, I'm going to speak out for doctors. The good, the we are intuitive as hell. Mm. Okay. And if we make it to the top, it's because we have to be intuitive. We have 10 minutes to figure out what's going on wow. that, at a life threatening circumstance. There are very few doctors that don't have a gut on it yeah. or at least got intuition um many of them are psychic like crazily psychic yeah. like in the elevator psychic wow. right yeah so you might i don't think they're out of the closet by the way none of them are out of the closet i was gonna ask i want them out of the closet with me i'm yeah. like come on guys because when i start asking them questions they're like yeah i didn't know i could talk to anybody about that mm. right like i can't i can't tell people but you have to develop those skills all levels of skills if right. you're if you're at that level of care. Mm -hmm. And they need the nurses. We need the nurses. And being a naturopath is easier in a way because we get to sit and talk. Yeah. For I get to listen. And I get to listen, listen. Because there's just no way to get it very well without listening. Yeah. And I, you don't need to necessarily do that if you're a surgeon, right? Mm -hmm. uh, surgeons are intuitive too. Just give me a minute. Yeah. They're, they're like little cool things go in the body and they can, <laughs> ah, it's really awesome. Right. Yeah. But the, there is no way to be the expert of someone else's beingness, but you can reflect it. You can direct it. Right. And that person comes with their beingness to that doctor to say, help me. And here's, here's the narrow range of with, with within which I want you to help me Right now, help me in here. <laughs> Right? Yeah. And the doctor can do that. Yeah. Okay, I'll help you right here, here, here. But if they're expected to be all of this, what do you got? 80 years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good luck with that. Yeah. Is intuition talked about in, in schooling for doctors? In, it was like, in naturopathic school. Naturopathic yes, school, absolutely. Okay. But because it, um, it, it doesn't seem I like... don't know about it. I don't know about MDs. I'm going to okay. guess no. Okay. Because <laughs> it's funny because I, you know, grew up, growing up in the South, my, my only real intuitive talk that I heard was trust your gut. But mm -hmm. otherwise, you know, intuition like Claire's, the sights and the sounds and stuff like that was more looked at as like feminine. So it wasn't really talked about. And weird. Yeah. And weird, and right, spiritualism. Yeah. And right. The yeah. Watch stuff. out the woos. But then yeah. we would always say, but trust your gut. So yeah, it's like, it's all this counterintuitive intuition, right? Yeah. You don't have intuition. You don't have that feeling, but. Common you do here. sense yeah. means sensory that we share. Mm. Right. Yeah. So all through this, we have, we've had common sense. Yeah. <laughs> the gut is brilliant. The gut has more of your back, you know, bacteria that run your neurotransmitters. The gut's running you, yeah. you know, for the most part. And we're learning that and learning that as our science opens up. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Ayurveda is a 
couple thousand, six thousand, eight something years old, right? Yeah. So, and that let's talk Chinese medicine there too. Mm-hmm. We have a little bit of history here that isn't the last two hundred years of allopathic yeah. uh, understanding of science. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're we're good. Yeah. <laughs> we got we got some basis yeah. in the in the woo, uh-huh. right? We have a lot of depth on common sense here, and it carries through and carries over. Yeah. 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 I, you know, it's, uh, I, I hope, cause like in talking with you about doctors, you know, I hope we, we find a, a way to give doctors more time with the patients because it seems like they're like, you know, it, when I first started going through the stuff with my mom, I was very pissed at the doctors. I'm I like, understand. Spend some time I'm in sorry. here. Like what yeah. the hell? Right. Yeah. But at the same time, like, doc, you know, realizing an, an ER doctor is probably going to see t- tons of patients a day. Like you've nuts. got like a, just it's a schedule nuts. that you're working through. And, and so, a lot of pressure from a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. yeah the board members, like all the like the doctor, like the the actual it's a humanistic side of it, you yeah. know. But uh, but yeah, I I do hope that you know we can get more towards a public system that that can spend more time, like you can, like a naturopath, yes. with your clients and with the, the patients that you see, so you can see them as a whole person instead of just what the symptoms could be manifesting as. And I, I'm even further, I want the person to have that access to themselves. And that's, I mean, why I teach intuition, <laughs> trying to teach this window of health thing. Like, here are your determinants. Everybody has, everybody needs to sleep. Everybody needs to have some sunshine. Everybody needs to eat plants and food that isn't bad. That's complicated. But, you know, we all know individually a little bit about this. We, we're carrying our animals around all the time. Right, yeah. We can listen to them. And if we can get that, then all... Where the doctors shine in Western medicine is diagnostics and freaking surgeries and, and emergency medicine were the best in the world, yeah. right? So could we just use us for that and not as, you know, pharmacology, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But um, yeah, what if we could actually be healthy mostly <coughs> and then use illness treatment for illness Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's okay. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll get worse. It's already going that way yeah. because we can't, most of the medicine, most illness is going chronic now because our acute treatments aren't working on them. Right. right? Yeah. So as this chronic illness thing increases, we learn to do healing differently and yeah. we learn to prevent. Yeah. Yeah. With, uh, with all that you're working with and the modalities that you work with, yeah. just from that last statement, are there things that you're looking to add to your toolbox to kind of help with humans as they continue to, you know, exert these symptoms or you're starting to see this pattern of things? Like, is there some kind of like modality that you're like, oh, I, I feel like this would add very nicely to what I'm already offering? Well, I can tell you my newest geeking out. Yeah. Um, I am moving into light therapy uh, okay. really strongly. Um, I've been able to do a couple of trainings with Jacob, Jacob Lieberman, okay. um, who is, he wrote uh, The Medicine of Light, I believe it's called. Oh, I'm going to screw up his name. Uh, the name of his book. Yeah. Sorry. Light Medicine, something like that. Okay. Anyway, Jacob Lieberman. Jacob Lieberman. Um, what I'm understanding now is that light can be used as a homeopathic, which mm. I had no idea before. Wow. Um, and it makes me really happy because my body maps are filled with colors. And I didn't understand the, the full depth of why the colors are on the map and how they impact the person. Um, but light can be utilized uh, to treat imbalance. Light is the foundation of health, mm. right? And They've shown in, in Petri dishes with cancer cells that when the cancer cell, when we hit the, the cancer cell with light, the cells that are unhealthy 
will only absorb a certain spectrum of the light and reflect back different ones. Okay. And the healthy cells, the ones that have been normalized or, or the healthy ones, will absorb the full spectrum of light. Okay. And that's interesting. That is really right? interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, he's been doing this work for 40 years or whatever. Yeah. And he's been working with what kind of light can be utilized to improve, to challenge and improve us on the cellular level of health. Wow. So... So that's like ex, uh, in introducing an external light source of some sort to our cells or? So a <coughs> part of that me. weird system I downloaded. Yep. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. I ended up, I didn't understand it, but I drew all these points on the body and they all had different colors. And I'm like, what is this? And how does this work? Yeah. I did see that they were neuromphatic points and they all have particular color schemes. Um, and I assume the one I drew was myself, but I don't think it requires even using a light device. I think it can be utilized through intuition. So I can show you if you like. Yeah. 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 So let's see. I want you to pick a, pick a color. Okay. 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 Now I want you to imagine a big, huge sphere of that color right in front of you. Okay. Okay. And now, yeah, there we mm. go. And now I just want you to feel your body's response to it. Does it like it? Does it not like it? Yeah, I think it likes it. Okay. So really listen. <coughs> well, maybe it doesn't because I keep coughing. <laughs> and that's actually, you probably picked the one that was most homeopathic. Okay. If you have some resistance, if your body catches and does a resistance to it, mm -hmm. it actually, a, home a homeopathic works by increasing the imbalance so that your system goes, oh, that's not me. And oh. then it brings its healing back up. Okay. So the one you picked was very likely the one you needed yeah. to, to kind of dose yourself with that color <laughs> so that your body can help. Oh, this is where I'm needing to look at my imbalance and what isn't me so that I can bring my health back. Now oh. just pick a different, can I pick one for you? Yeah, please. Let's try orange. Okay. Okay. Did you already pick orange? Nope. Okay. Pick red though. It's uh, close. All right. So pick orange okay. and make a big ball of orange in front of you. Okay. Okay. There you go. Now okay. feel orange. Yeah. Do you see how that one feels it, different? It, it just And it's easy. Yeah. And it kind of drinks it in. Yeah. Okay. So if you want, drink it all the way in. Like get your, yeah. get yourself in the middle of the big orange ball. Yeah. It yeah. Feels nice. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's weird. It's like. Still making you cough. It's, it's only <laughs> no, be fair. I was coughing ahead yeah, of time. There we go. But it's, you know, it's, it's interesting to me. It, like it, it's almost like inducing synesthesia in a way. Yeah. Like where you're combining the senses, like, okay, so now you're going to picture the, the orange sphere and now you're going to picture your body in that, right? And it's yes. like, wow. okay, so now you have the color on top of the sensory of the feeling on the skin, you know, and it's just like combining all those senses into this like cohesive, beautiful thing, you know? They've done studies, Klinghardt actually, I don't know if he is, but mm -mm. the, he's a big weirdo. Good, good old school Dr. Weirdo. Okay. Um, heated light studies actually putting people in different rooms from each other and they were genetically linked but they didn't have anything else yeah. and he would have he would study uh putting light onto this person and it would light up quantum light up in the other person's readings at the exact moment across time and space that's quantum yep. so light is quantum mm -hmm. <laughs> so wow. we're messing up a little yeah. so wouldn't it be challenging if all we had to do is give people a light bubble that they imagine um to shift their day and then you have always working with the information that's there so if you want to play with me mm -hmm. listen to your cough for a second would you okay so just go in and 
There you go. And just feel and allow. Yeah, mm -hmm. there you go. And now you're going to be like, hi, lungs. How are you? Right, totally. It went right there. Yeah. yeah. And just how are your lungs? Just listen to them. What, what is your favorite animal? Want to pick an animal? Elephant. Oh, hell yes. Sorry. <laughs> okay. So now you're talking to an elephant, okay? okay. You'd be like, elephant lungs. Mm. Yeah. Now mm. feel that. Can you feel the emotion in there? I do. Yeah. Yeah. So all this time I'm like, oh gosh, I have a cold, but actually I'm grieving the hell out of something. Yeah. And an elephant level is going to be, I'm not going to forget. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And I probably have to carry the matriarchal <laughs> lineage now. Yeah. Yes. Of all beautiful <laughs> things. Right. So we think that a virus is simple mm -hmm. and sometimes it's deep grief. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And that it, it's, I mean, it's, it makes so much sense when you say that because, you know, like when I have the clients that I work with in my energy sessions, you know, they'll, there are times that they'll come to me and like have congestion or like body Absolute, aches and pains and things like that. Especially after working with you. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's, it's a lot of what I'm finding is it's that trauma release. You know, we're finding those <gasps> points of trauma in healing. the fascia and then it's like, it's starting to release. And it's then healing. that release, the toxins get released and all Or this. a healing crisis, yeah. right? It's the body going, hey, sometimes it's just like, I'm letting that go. And sometimes it's like, here, I'm showing you. Mm, yeah. I'm showing you where to look. Yeah. Look here. <laughs> and then listen here. Yeah. Yeah. Because grief doesn't feel like pneumonia. Yeah. They're it's like going into the, to me, it's so crazy. I'm just like, that doesn't feel the same as the other thing. Oh, God. Right? Grief, it just, it, it, it can hit you at it anywhere. Like, I think it I've got really it figured can. out. I've got it like under control. What does that mean? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And then all of a sudden, like. A bell chimes, or I see a flower, and I'm like, <laughs> my mom, or my friend Scott, or my dad who passed away, like all these. But at the, you know, and I used to lament that. I used to be like, get control of yourself, Adam. Get a hold of yourself. It's yeah, the evidence of love. It, exactly, and it's you know, it's that is the moment that I needed to remind myself of how much I loved that person, that whatever thing reminded me of, right? And it's again, it's that message. Right? There's a message in that sad, perceived sadness, right? And if you can see the message in that perceived sadness, maybe there's a lot of joy in that. Right? Always, you can always, just there's a memory shit. of the of love, of the importance and significance of that person in your life, and they aren't gone, right? They're all over. My wife is this medium and an intuitive, spiritual yeah. amazingness, and so as many dead people as I've seen her talk to, uh, <laughs> you know, it's. They're not gone. Yeah. 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 They're 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 on their next chapter of life, whatever that means. They're you know? they're also woven into you already. Yeah. yeah. So they they may just be connecting at that moment, right? Yeah. Just and trying to remember, we got you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, still loving you. Yep. Yeah. That's uh, one of the most beautiful messages that I've gotten from my 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 mom passing, <clears throat> which reminded me to have this practice for previous people that have passed too. But thank you, mom. You know, like how do we? What's the one thing? That's one of the one of the things I love the most about my mom, right? She she had this ability to to give you the most attention, right? You're talking uh, to you're, you're talking to her. You, there's nobody else in the room but you. Uh, like all the attention is going to you, and it was yeah. beautiful, right? <clears throat> and so you know when I look at my mom and what I loved about her, that's one of the things that stands out. And so for my path of like, how do I remember my mom? How does how does my mom never die inside of me? It's taking those little things that I loved about my mom and finding a way to integrate that into my life so that now, like when I'm talking to you and we're having this conversation, I can remember, I can channel my mom and be like, 
be here, be present with Dr. Aubrey, be right here with her because this is the person that makes the most, the most impact in your life right now, right? She is the most important thing in your life. You're right in front of that person. You are the most important thing in your life. Ah, I love that. And it's okay for you to have the whole attention on you. Mm. Do you know why? Why? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's all a paradox. Yeah. And here you are doing this beautiful podcast, and I'm excited to connect with you and talk with you. And here, and of course, your mom's coming in, mm-hmm. right? To connect and say, hey, Adam, you're doing awesome. Uh. Right? This please be you. Yeah. I to me, if you are if you invite me to tell you what I see, I'd be very happy uh, to please, tell you. Please, yeah, most definitely. You have your heart is huge, Adam. And you're you're here bringing expression. And it feels like you feel a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. So it's numbed a, it for a while, but it's 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 the the feelings are there, definitely. So being an empath means that when you're feeling a lot of it, it it is all about you. Yeah. Yeah. At that moment, and that will paradoxically make it about them. It gets oh. interesting, isn't oh, it? I love that. You are them right now. Because <clears throat> it, it's kind of counterintuitive because when we think about it's me, it's self-centered, right? Yes, it's the, I the do. the ego side. But when you think about it like you just explained where it's have you, you have to Have be. you ever been just you no. with that much empathy? Tell me. <laughs> I want to know. Feel you for a second. What do you feel like all by yourself when you're out in trees? What do you feel like? Mm. You know, it's funny you mentioned that because, like, I feel out of place a lot. I, I believe you. Yeah, I feel out of place. I understand yeah. also, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't feel like, uh, I feel like, and even on the, the path that I've been on in, in, in trying to embrace who I am, I still feel like I'm, I'm, I'm out of place and I feel like I, I've overstepped boundaries in a way and I just, I, I need to reserve myself. And it's, it's this weird thing that I'm constantly working on of, like, I think what it boils down to it, <clears throat> honestly, is, is I'm afraid to step into my authenticity. One, because I think it's very egoic, which I know it's not, but my, my, my conditioning has shown me that it is egoic it's to dangerous. be like, hey, look at me, I'm doing yeah. the things. But, but if you don't fully step into the authenticness of your humanity, what are we fucking doing here? Right? It's kind of like the actualization moments we talked about earlier. It's like, okay. You can't that. not be you. Yeah. Uh, no matter what. Also, if you don't step into your authenticity, you're still authentically not stepping into your authenticity. <laughs> you're hum- humanly doing your damn best. Oh, I okay? love this. This is so good. Also, almost always that's birth trauma. I'm sorry. You might yeah. just look at your birth story. <laughs> yep, yep. Because we always come, I would give mine, right? Uh-huh. So when I do a transition, I almost always, I do it like I did my birth. And it's one of my games p- to play. But you might look back. Sometimes that stuff comes in at conception. Sometimes that stuff is like an ancestral pattern that you're playing out in your life. Sometimes it's the, it's the actual birth transition where you're like, okay, how do I make this next growth phase? I've learned that I've got to pay attention to everyone else and put myself aside and focus. You know, whatever those things are, we learn. Mm-hmm. And those are our stories. Right? Yeah. And then we can go back and be like, yay, that was a good story. What story would I like better than that one? Right? Yeah, like, right. so if I'm like, I'm afraid to step into my authenticity, and then I rework that in my head and just say something like, I'm a little cautious when I step out because I know there's more here. Mm, <laughs> right? Yeah. Even just the same kind of action, but in a different perspective. Yeah. And, and maybe I don't. Maybe I don't completely fit with these other people, right? Like uh-huh. maybe they're not kind of like me. And maybe there is a group that's more like you around here. <laughs> and maybe those groups have evolved a little yeah. and we're coming out now, yeah. right? To yeah. find each other and have those conversations. 
because that you know it wasn't it wasn't a reasonable thing to bring your beautiful as a white male right. in particular right. i would guess yeah. i don't know yeah. but i haven't been a white male this lifetime but yeah uh, yeah it's not you don't get to come through and be fully heart open empathic sensitive beautiful being of expression with yeah. no no limits of what you can express right yeah bringing forth other people's expressions that's just uh that's definitely something weird mm. thank you for that <laughs> yeah. i have a you know from, from my own personal path i when i <clears throat> started to realize kind of the example that you just put out there about like that white male kind of like it's hard you know and i was, All I was of them definitely are hard. it is yes. you know yeah right exactly you know I, yeah exactly i can only yeah. speak from the white male's perspective great but, do that yeah right but it, you know and it's it's this thing that like once i found that little bit of awakening for me. And it was yeah. yoga was for me, right? Yes, yoga and meditation I, was the thing that was like, hey, shake you up. Here's some body movement. Here's your body again. Here's your breath. <laughs> Elephant. You're not doing it right, right? <laughs> yes. You know? And but it it, it but it, it allowed me to it allowed me the strength and the clarity to step away from that life. Because yes. I was in restaurants for about 20 years. Hannah and I have very similar experiences in that. Upper management, director yes. of operation, all this stuff. And and uh, that very masculine go, 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 you know, cutthroat at times. Darling, you, know. you were controlling an elephant. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you probably had to get that down. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. as soon as we stepped, like, I stepped away from that and started to focus on me, yeah. and was able to get some of those stereotypical like stories that I've just been following, thinking I was doing life right get that out of the way. Yeah. There was a big like mix up and there was a big like shake in like morals and standards and understandings because I've been following this, you know, Western path for so long. But as I started to find that authenticness and, you know, to your point also, the integration of all the sides of us, you know, never like my done. ego, I was like, get out, corporate, never done. we're done with that. <laughs> yes. But then at the same time, now it's like, okay, no, I'm integrating all of the stability that corporations taught me because now I'm an independent business owner and now I can see the P&L benefit that I need for myself and the budgeting that I need for myself. Thank you, corporate, for teaching me that shit. And you bringing know? that to the rest of the woo people right, totally. who really could use you, yep. right? I, yes, healing acupuncturists, healing accountants. Yeah. I want to be like healing everybody. Come uh, healers, come healers. Yep. Like let's use all those parts of the brain are so beautiful. Systems are beautiful, mm -hmm. except for when they're not, <laughs> yeah. right? Like it's just getting caught up in it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's no particular tool that's the best. I, well, I don't know. Maybe if you find one, let me know. I bet you're going through a lot of them. I have some I like a lot. And you definitely, definitely need to use a screwdriver when you need a screwdriver, right. not a hammer when you right. need a screwdriver. Exactly. Right? But, like if my guts are hanging out, don't take me to a naturopath. Yes, you know? maybe Go take not. me to a surgeon. Go ahead. Know? Yes. Go to the hospital. Yeah. Everything has its place. You know? Yes. It's, just, it's understanding. And I but think if you need diet advice, not so much the surgeon. Yeah. Right. Yes. yes. Everybody, you know, like... Finding the, the people that make the most sense to the information that you need, but not, I think a lot of what I've I went through myself when is the demonization of like, oh, that Always. was so wrong. I, I can't understand. believe I was on that wrong path, but there's Ooh. no real wrong, right? Because, you know, for me, but again, mom lesson was if you can take something away from any experience you've had, it's not a waste of time because you've learned something. Beautiful failure. Right? Exactly. Big, beautiful. I have this wonderful woman in my past who taught young elementary schools and she would she would just say, oops, Dewey over. <laughs> and it was so childlike and dingy, but it was so good. Yeah. She's just like, oops. Because it could be that simple. And when you do that with kids, you notice how, how they shift, mm -hmm. right? Instead mm -hmm. of being shamed 
or being whatever it is that we thought was the best way in the time that we were learning. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, and you know what? That's great because this is kind of like what I wanted to wrap up on was um, Empathic Kids Toolbox. Oh, yeah. So you, you okay, so you, you offer a, a, a myriad of courses. Um, so hygiene for building, infants we talked building, about building. earlier. Yes. Uh, development of medical intuition, which is beautiful. And uh, Empathic Kids Toolboxes. And uh, like, I could do an episode on every one of these things. But... Empathic Kids Toolbox is huge. It's very important for me because, you know, like I work with a lot of kids um, uh, through yoga and meditation and things like that. A lot of high schools have me come in to do that stuff. Um, and just having the, the the message I always give these kids, and I, you know, I can tell they're kind of like uh, adults sometimes or whatever, but it's like, learn that you are your own healer. Learn that you can up and down regulate your nervous system by your breath. You can you can get yourself out of anxiety and depression through meditation. Like you have this superpower inside of you. Like you don't have to wait till you're 42 years old like me to learn that you can do this all yourself. You can learn when you're 19. Like you're you're 14 right now. You can do this shit, right? And so like I love that you have that is something that that you can teach to kids. Oh, I love kids. Yeah. This generation what I find with this next evolved leap of generation is they already know it. Mm. They don't need to learn it. Um, usually they're looking at the adults going, can I trust you enough to tell you what I already know? Yep. Um, they are very peer associated. So they work more like a right brain, okay. less like a left brain. So they're not so much, I need to be an independent individual. Okay. They work more like, I understand that we're a collective and that my individual uniqueness is um, now an avatar, right? Or mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. I need to project out to you what my individuality is up here so that I can give you some idea that I fit to your box. Right. But most of the kids, what I find is not that at all. They already have a collective awareness. They already are evolved. And so majority are empathic, but not all the same way, okay. right? And the biggest thing to do with these kids, in my opinion, is listen to them and figure out how, I think part of why I love them is because, and part of what I feel gifted at is is being able to listen on multiple levels, mm. right? Because I can see them, they can see me, and I'm like, you're a dream kid, right? Yeah. And you're you're an artist kid, and you are a science kid, right? And, and you're talking to dead people all day, right? And whichever thing it is, listening to the kids yeah. with... I have found it. It's been challenging, honestly. All my toolkit for my own adults on emotional hygiene doesn't work for these kids at all. Uh, like okay. oftentimes they literally will, they'll try the bubble thing. They'll try the, this thing, that thing. They'll try the nature thing. And they'll just be like, nah. And then they'll be like, I need a particular crystal. And they'll walk over and grab it and it'll be fine. Right. <laughs> or the color bubbles I think are fun. I like working yeah. with the colors with the kids and they really like colors. Most often all I have to do with the kids is listen to them long enough that they tell me exactly what they need me to tell them, uh, tell their parents mostly. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the kids are, the kids are our teachers on this. So I would really, <laughs> I really enjoy teaching kids. Yeah. Um, I found actually teaching the emotional hygiene for adults. I can do really well collectively. It's been challenging a little bit with the kids. They want individual time. Interesting. And so I've had to figure out how to get these classes going okay. so that I can have that individual time that doesn't fit the, the, you know, shoot out the digital copy version. So this right. one's a lot more one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, uh, the, the, where you were talking about kids and the connectedness, you know, uh, I, I, 
I've had people on on the the show before, and I talked to a lot of parents that um, either are really egg against things like video games or yeah, you know it's RPGs, full spectrum. Yep. or people that really understand that there's a benefit to them. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and I can't say one's right or one's wrong because they're dealing with the situation of the child that they have, right? And so yes. some kids, and you know, some people, you shouldn't even say kids, you know. Uh, dive into an addiction, right? Absolutely. Let's just say like alcohol. Like I can't drink alcohol. I quit four years ago. If I drink, I'm drinking until I'm drunk and I'm blacking out and then I'm going to do it again, right? Not your Some thing. people can have a thing, a drink. I like, understand. A drink after work, right? That's not addiction. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, like, and so again, like everybody has their spectrum, but I feel like there is a really misunderstood benefit for a lot of this technology that we just don't understand right now, like video games or Instagrams yes. or like social media, because there is this connectiveness that we can get. But, you know, I, I love the idea of the shiny new toy syndrome, right? Like yeah. we play with the toy all wrong until we break it and then figure out how to use it right. <laughs> like, you know, fire is a good example of that. You know, like yes. we, we weren't around when fire was, was uh, invented or was discovered, I should say. But I like to thought experiment about this one. This is one of my favorite ones. Uh, so you have, uh, let's say lightning struck a tree. Tree caught on fire. Cave person was walking by. I was like, oh shit. Oh, that's I, I guess that would be warm, right? So we have heat now, right? <laughs> yeah. So we're going to break this branch off that's got this orange thing on there and throw it in the cave and we're going to stay hot. Let's say that went on for a couple of years, right? Everybody's just like warming themselves around this big orange thing in the middle. They can see shit now. The saber-tooth tigers are hiding because they can see them. But then all of a sudden one day the family dinosaur dies. It falls into the fire and they're like, oh, well, we can't waste that. We should probably eat Dino, right? And then all of a sudden, oh Wait. my God, we can cook with this shit? Oh my God, now proteins in our brains are connecting and all this stuff is happening and all this stuff, right? So like, how long are we misusing, quote unquote, misusing a tool before we find the right way to use it? And I think a lot of that goes into like the social medias, fast food, for example, advertising, right? Yes. We've proven that we can sell crappy things that will kill you and you'll love it. Now, if we can just change that mentality to something that's more beneficial to humanity, we've already got the platform to deliver it. We just got to change the delivery, the, the thing we're delivering. Right. And so like same idea, like video games might get this bad rap, but they're teaching skills that might be very beneficial in this now AI moving world that we're moving towards that somebody like me, that's going to be like the blinking VCR clock that my grandparents had when I was like fucking 10 and be like, fix your goddamn clock, you know? So like, I would love to talk about that. Nope. The fire aspect. Yeah. Let's um, I kind of think that the indigenous, I don't know. What I heard things from my parents when they came back from India, that, I mean, they worked with the indigenous population there, and mm -hmm. they had a sense and a knowing of the forest. They knew the tree, they knew the plants that would care for them because they talked to the plants, right? right? And so I, I wonder if we were a little bit more aware than, than we give ourselves credit for. It might have not been a lot of trial and error. It might have been just an understanding of elementals, right. which is fire is this, wind is this, earth is this, right? Yeah. Just ancient understanding of basic nature. Right. It, and when we weren't in the way. Yeah, right. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. You know, there's, a, I, remember, I remember the ignorance of myself and I, have many ignorant moments and we'll still have many ignorant moments. Yay! But uh, I remember one of my, my previous ignorant moments when I heard about like, let's say like the Mayans and their, their ability to read stars. And I'm like, yes, fucking guys, you know, these it's like, how the fuck do they do that? Right. Yeah. Now understanding like, well, and again, I'll take the humanistic way of looking at this is like, okay, well, let's say all humans, not all humans, but let's say my household of humans at night, sit down and watch Netflix. Yes. So when you take Netflix out of it and your sky is Netflix, 
you're going to start noticing all those patterns in life because that's what our brain does, right? Our brain notices patterns. So Netflix in the sky, we look at that every night. We tell stories. We look at the Milky Way. We look at the star patterns. You figure shit out, right? Especially if that's passed down lineage after lineage after lineage, right? And so like there is this understanding that this that there, there was this ignorance of like, Oh no, humans can do all that shit, right? We can figure that out. <laughs> so, like when we when we when we can open our consciousness up to focus on that, we can figure that out. Or the aliens came and talked to them, or, or something. The yeah, Quetzalcoatl, yeah, 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 totally. All yeah. these guys, yeah, totally. I know. I know that I grew up with the stars and no Netflix, and I remember looking at them, and I had ones that I was in love with, and ones that I wasn't, and. I remember when I first got glasses and I went outside and looked up at the sky, I suddenly thought there was an alien right above oh. me because I could never see the stars. I didn't realize oh. I never could actually see them clearly and yeah. it was just holding still. And the light of the stars was so different through my glasses mm. um, and instead of feeling it, right? I don't know if I, you know, I didn't talk to aliens in the sky at that point that I'm aware of. I did talk to trees a lot and things like that. But I, you know, there is, there's a... Um, the thing that's going through my head too is, is it ignorance? I mean, ignorance really means just pure, innocently not knowing, okay. which is beautiful. And I feel like what you're talking about is actually wisdom. Mm. Wisdom means knowing that you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. If you talk to someone who thinks they know it all, yeah. Uh, good Actually, luck. I yeah. heard the other day a breakdown of the word wisdom, and it was, it was pretty... Uh, it's not really the etymology of the word, right? But it's, it seemed a little nonsensical, but it also made a lot of sense. So this, uh, I think it was, uh, oh gosh, I can't remember her name now, but um, Deborah Elizabeth, maybe her name was. But she was talking about um, the word wisdom, right? And she said, okay, so let's take the first word, whiz, right? Wizard, right? So wizard, Ooh, yeah. right? So wizard, we see wizards as smart, is like, you know, magical. Uh, magical, all right? But the second word is dumb. Right? So you have to be a dumb wizard. So basically, you realize the ignorance that you have. You realize you don't know everything. And that's where true wisdom comes from, is the the recognition of ignorance and the acceptance of it. Yeah. I love that. I was like, that's perfect. Think about your wise people. Yeah. I bet your mom was pretty wise. Yep. Yeah. You don't. And think about the ones that are usually at the top of the podium telling you that they know everything. It's an interesting, it's a real interesting contrast. Yeah. Usually the leader is not the one in front. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, my, uh, I keep throwing these adages out there, but one of my favorites, <laughs> and I keep saying that, is uh, when you meet the Buddha on the road, kill the Buddha. Because yes. when you meet that guru that says, hey, Dr. Aubrey, I got you figured out. Come follow me. I'm going to make you healthy. <laughs> Run and hide, right? Because yes. that person probably doesn't have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Don't worry. It'll get worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just... Be kind to yourself, right? I yeah. think it's okay because I can't even tell you how many times someone has stumbled into the right, wrong person and it got them exactly where they needed to go. Right. It's, you know, it's really hard to watch as their loved one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it still is, there's a mat, there's kind of a, there's just a wisdom to life itself. Like there's this way of it going um, that we forget to trust. Yeah. I think that was something my mom said when my dad was dying. She's like, trust is a choice. Mm, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. And man, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. If you can say it then. Yeah, really. You know, <laughs> and, and do it, it then. Yeah. Got, got some cojones. Yep. Girl cojones. A lot of it is like the, the, the getting out of the, to bring it back to the ego. What we started with is getting out of the way of our egos or what we feel we should be doing. 
instead of where we just need to be, right? And I found oh. myself like when I when I'm like, no, spend, okay, well, I'll take drinking for example again. No, I've got to go home because I got to have a glass of wine and I've got to do this because that's the way I relax. But I have this opportunity, let's say, to go to see a show or go to meet a yeah. person or whatever. But no, I've already got my egoic mind figured out that I have to do this. So I shut down the opportunity for this beautiful connection that I could have because my mind's already made up to do this. So when we, for me, get out of my own egoic way of what I feel is best for me, yeah, <clears throat> just kind of open it up to listen into my heart, to listen into my brain, to listen to my gut, and like having all that kind of symbiotic like relationship guide me. And then I think about like Donnie Darko, you know that big I do that that, that big <laughs> thick you know like tube that comes out of his chest and guides him around. I'm like, okay, let's see where we're going here. All right, we're, we're going to the kitchen. All right, thing. fucking hell. And you know, then it's, it makes a lot more sense. Also really helpful to have the ego if you have an addiction because you you want the structure, right? Yeah. It's a beautiful structure to not point the big dark thing at your loved ones necessarily or yourself, yeah. right? So sometimes it does really help to have control and sometimes it doesn't help to have control. And I wish it, it is, it's so variable in individual and present moment. Yeah. Yeah. The human it, experience. Oh yeah. It's never boring. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. I don't know if it ends, right? We, we keep growing and growing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause what's that next thing? Like we don't know. Yeah. Like, where's that? Where's that next little, little chapter of life or <laughs> etherealness or, you know, existence takes us. And maybe just staying cu- curious, you know, the... I like to talk about the right amygdala. You gotta watch me. But yeah. the left amygdala is the one everybody talks about with like looping into past trauma and you, you know, we catalog all of our life memories by the traumatic events in our life. Okay. But we also have a right amygdala. And a right amygdala is always present, doesn't do time, mm. right? And it's looking for delicious all day long. So, you know, we could be a little attention deficit and addictive over there. It's, yeah. We want that left one to say, maybe don't do that one again. Yeah. But, but it helps to have this one be present and cushioning and playful and joyful. So when you get into these fear things, it's an easy trick to be like, how... Maybe put your elephant in a tutu and dance. You know what I mean? Like sometimes we want we want the guy to be like, don't go that way. Right. And sometimes we're on Fantasia. Right. Mm. <laughs> My elephant is gonna forever be in a tutu now. <laughs> Uh, well, Dr. Aubrey, I've, I've loved this conversation. Thank I've, you. I've, we tap dance around so many subjects and just <laughs> Literally amazing Literally in ballet. I love it so much. Yeah, we yeah. doing in ballet. Exactly. <laughs> uh, is there anything, any final thoughts you want to leave with the guests? Uh, things that you're working on? Places, ways to find you? Anything like that? Absolutely. You can find me on my website. It's drawbreywallace.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm coming out with a book here soon. Yes. Uh, my book is called Your Window of Health. And okay. I'm helping full of intuitive tools just to play with. I like tools. Mm. <laughs> I'm also going to be teaching an intuitive class with, uh, at, with Anamkara online. Oh, all right. Starting in uh, May to June, I believe. We, Beautiful. I think we just changed it to Tuesdays. But awesome. <laughs> it'll be on my website also. Okay. And then, yeah, you can check out that version of me. Um, medical intuitive readings are on there. Live blood and naturopathic all there perfect so. well when your book comes out if you want a platform to talk about it on Ooh. i would love to have you back on yes this i just is, have I'm, to finish it i know <laughs> hey you know what you're my inspiration yeah i've, I've yes. been uh, you know inadvertently getting uh, authors on my show for the past couple of years and it's because i have this desire to write a book i just don't 
I Adam sat down just the process and you know so I Butt think in chair is what my coach yeah. says yes get it in there get okay. the typing going yeah. yep so Almost people there. like yourself you're inspiring me to keep that, that that momentum going so thank you for your work thank you for your work thanks for what you do I appreciate yes. uh, getting to know you more and everything you do for humanity love you it. too appreciate you <laughs> all right see you thank next you. time okay thank you so much for spending time with Dr. Aubrey Wallace and I Please check out the show notes for ways to get in touch with Dr. Wallace or to learn more about her work. Also ways to support the show. Obeisance and love. We'll see y'all next time.